How crunchy am I? Do I have any liberal opinions? How do you get over the fear of flying? How do you share Christ as a high school teacher? We are answering all of these questions and more on today's episode of Relatable. Also, before we get into it, make sure that you check out our beautiful Christmas shirts that we have on sale for you right now, 30% off for Black Friday. We will link them in the description of this episode, both on YouTube and on the listening side. Check it out. Get it for a friend. I love the design. I can't wait to be wearing mine. So just click on the link and it'll send you there. And for Black Friday, you've got that 30% off. All right. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. So go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, lots of interesting questions that you sent me on Instagram that I'm going to try to answer as quickly as possible to get as many answers in as I can. As you guys know, I'm very verbose. And so sometimes it's hard for me to answer these questions quickly because I just kind of answer them stream of consciousness. So I'll try to answer a variety as well, some serious, some some fun. So let's see. Someone says, this is interesting. I've never been asked this before. I am scared to fly. Describe a beautiful flight. Okay, girl, I'm scared to fly too. I don't like flying. I fly a lot and I've flown a lot in my life and I don't like flying. I get nervous every time we take off. I get nervous during turbulence and I look around to see how other people are reacting and how the flight attendants are reacting. And let me tell you, so, okay, this is not what you asked for. It's the opposite of what you asked for, but it's gonna help. Just wait. I have been through some really scary flights. Let me tell you about a couple scary flights and I promise I'm gonna bring this back to comfort you. So I remember I was flying to like Lubbock, Texas on this tiny flight. I was in the back of the bus. This was several years ago and it was so turbulent. It was really rainy. It was thundering outside. It was not a good experience. I mean, it was like all over the place. I was really, really nervous and we were fine. I was on a flight once to New York City and I think I was coming from LA. So long flight, it was like, I think it was a red eye and that always kind of freaks me out anyway. And we were taking off and on our takeoff, we like dropped, I mean, so much so that everyone felt it. Everyone kind of bounced, everyone freaked out. We're like, this is it. And we were fine. There was a time that I was flying to DC and we started to land and right before the wheels hit the runway, we zoomed back up into the air. Also very freaky, but we were fine. There was another time that I was flying to, I don't remember, Ohio, somewhere out there. And we were about to get on the runway and the wheels almost hit the ground and we flew back into the air and we had to go around and around and around and around. And we were not communicated to about why, what was happening. Was there a threat on the ground? Are the wheels not working? If so, how are we going to land? And then they tried to do it again. They tried to do it. I think it was two more times, maybe one more time, but two more times, I believe they tried to land and they go back up into the air. I'm like, how many more times can we do this? We ended up, it was that it was foggy and there wasn't enough visibility. And so they couldn't land. 
And so we had to go to another airport in another state and get fuel and then go back to where we were supposed to land. And we were fine. So I say all this to say I've been through a lot of turbulence. I've been through a lot of unknowns. I've been through a lot of nerve wracking times on planes. And every time it has been totally fine. Every time I have landed. So I try to remember that. Whenever I am nervous on planes, I try to remember about the times when turbulence was worse than this, when the flight attendants looked more anxious than this, when things seemed even more unsure and more unknown than this. And I remember that, okay, all of those times, things were fine and this isn't as bad as that. So you asked for a beautiful flight. I gave you my bad flights. To, so you can have something to anchor you and remind you when you're in the air that there are different kinds of things that happen all the time on flights and it's totally fine. Statistically, you are you have really, 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 really good chances of having a smooth and safe flight, totally normal landing. It's actually statistically more dangerous for us to drive than it is to fly. Um, Of course, there are beautiful flights. You can look out the window. You can see the formation of the clouds, sunrise, sunset. That's always nice. I'm not a window seat gal, but if you are a window seat person, it comforts you to kind of like look outside, then I understand that. Try to get yourself a window seat. And it really can be a good time to just say, wow, God created all of this. He's sovereign over all of this. That's really amazing. So, and that's just my reminder to you is that God is completely and totally in control, completely and totally in control, and that there is nothing that can surpass or transcend his care for you. Remember that every single head on your, every single hair, uh, and he has also counted all of the heads that you have. Hopefully it's just one, but every single hair on your head is numbered and you are more valuable to him than the lilies of the field, which he dresses in splendor. And so understand that he is with you. He cares about you more than you care about yourself. And that actually the time that you are going to die has already been ordained. It was ordained before you were even born and a plane ride can't change that. And so just go forward in the comfort that he has you and that every single day of your life was already planned before any of them came to be. All right. Next question is somewhat of a theological one. And that question is, who is my favorite saint? Uh, Saint Joseph, Saint Paul, Saint Augustine. Mine is probably Saint Ignatius. Now, my sweet friend, my sweet Catholic friend, thank you for asking this question. I love my Catholic friends and my Catholic listeners, but as you probably know by now, I am very Protestant. And the Protestant belief is that we as Christians, as the body of Christ, are all saints. Whereas the Roman Catholic Church believes um, that saints have to be canonized by the Pope or a prominent bishop in order to be recognized as saints. It's kind of a different status or a different category than the rest of the church. That's not what Protestants believe. And we base our belief that all who are in Christ are saints on scripture. There are several references, especially in the epistles from Paul to the churches in Ephesus, in Corinth, for example, that address Christians 
as saints. For example, Ephesians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Romans 1, similar greeting to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. To all those who are in Rome who are who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, also Romans 16, 2, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. Ephesians 4, 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Ephesians 5, 3, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Here in context, Paul is addressing Christians. They're Several other references to this, Acts 9.32, Acts 9.13, Acts 26.10, Philippians 4.21. Um, there, I know I'm kind of going all over the place within the New Testament when I am looking at who the saints are, but we as the body of Christ, we are saints. When you look at the Greek word for saint, which is hagios, I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly, that simply means consecrated to God holy, sacred, and pious. And what we know about Christians is that we are all called to be consecrated by God. We are all called to be holy as God is holy. We are all sacred because we are set apart. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy. Those are the same words, or they come from the same word, hagios, um, as saints. And so Christians are all saints. While I do say St. Augustine, because people understand, you know, what I'm talking about or who I'm talking about when I say St. Augustine, I don't have a favorite saint in the sense that I don't believe that they are in a different category at all um, than the rest of Christians. If you just mean, do I have a favorite Christian, I don't know the answer to that quite yet, but that is a difference. There are many important differences between um, Protestant theology and Catholic theology, but that is one of them. There is no path to becoming a saint beyond by grace through faith, as Ephesians tells us, uh, being saved by Christ. Then you become a saint. Isn't that incredible that God makes us holy and consecrated in that way by his blood, not by any effort, by the way that we put in, but completely by his grace through faith. That's really incredible. First sponsor for the day is one of my favorites, and that is Naturally It's Clean. I love these products. We use them in our house every day. They are safer cleaning products for your home that are much safer for your kids and pets because they are made from plant enzymes, but they're also super effective. So we're talking like hospital grade cleaning, but without all of the fake fragrances and all of the fake ingredients that you get and a lot of other cleaners. I use the carpet cleaner probably the most. Moms of toddlers, you know what I'm talking about. You have to use that stuff like every day. It gets makeup out, it gets coffee out. I think last time I had to get coffee out, that was actually my bad. Um, it gets food out, we're talking rugs, 
just regular carpet, whatever. I've also been super impressed by their stain remover. They have stain remover wipes that you can bring with you, but they also have stain remover spray that, you know, you spray on your clothes before you put them in the wash. And I've been really impressed, not just when, not just like with food and things like that, but we're talking about all kinds of stains, markers and things like that. It's super effective. And so I would not be using it if it didn't work. And sometimes I worry about natural products that they're not going to be as effective. You don't have to worry about that with naturally it's clean. My audience can get an additional 15% off for a limited time by going to my link. It's naturally it's clean.com slash Allie naturally it's clean.com slash Allie. I feel really good about using this stuff in my home. I think you will too. You can look at my essentials kit at that link and get 15% off. That's naturally it's clean.com slash Allie. Let's see. How did I first get into politics? Uh, this is a question that I've answered quite a few times. Um, so if you're new here, great. It'll be the first time that you hear it. If you are have been here for a while, you've probably heard the story. I'll try to uh, give the quick version. So I've always kind of been interested in the culture and theology and politics to an extent. I would not call myself super super political in high school or even really in college, although I was more aware of it because I voted for the first time in college. Um, but I really started getting interested in politics, like in elections, and in, I guess you would call it the culture wars, probably 2014, 2015. I studied communication studies in college. I delivered the commencement speech. And when I delivered the commencement speech, I just remembered this almost out-of-body experience where I thought to myself, I want to do this, this, whatever this feeling is, I want that for the rest of my life. This is what I feel called to do. And that is basically give speeches or speak in front of people. My parents can tell you I have always been that way. I've loved communicating. I've loved talking. Got me in trouble a lot growing up in class because I couldn't stop talking. And so I decided, well, I might as well try to make a living doing that. I went into PR and social media after college, and I didn't know how I was going to try to satisfy that, like scratch that itch that I had to speak in front of people. But in the 2015-2016 election, I kind of just found an opening. I was driving from Atlanta to Athens, Georgia, and I just had a light bulb go off. And I called my mom and I said, I think that I should try to tell young people why they need to vote in the election. Young Christians, why they need to vote in the election. I lived in Athens, Georgia at the time with my husband. And I was like, well, I've got this audience right here. I lived right off of Sorority Row on Millage Avenue. And I was like, well, maybe I can just go to these sororities and ask them if they would let me come into their chapter meetings and talk to them about why they need to vote in the in the presidential primary at the time because it was 2015 and I just wanted to do it for free like I really saw them as them giving me a gift of an audience and giving me a gift of their time so I gave a presentation I made it on Prezi in my spare time because I was still working full time and I would go to these chapter meetings and just deliver a nonpartisan presentation. It was pretty nonpartisan anyway about why they should vote and like what issues are at stake. And I just loved it. I felt so energized. Again, had that feeling that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then that kind of just evolved over time. I started speaking to other organizations again for free in my spare time, in addition to my full-time job, um, I started a blog called The Conservative Millennial. And then 
we moved in 2017 and through a bunch of different connections that have to do with like my friend Mary Ashley who was doing traffic for a local radio station getting connected to him who connected me to someone else who connected me to someone else who connected me to someone else um, at what was called the blaze at the time and um, I started doing videos for them I actually like ran their social media for a little bit and I started trying to do that full time. And then I started getting calls from Fox News to be on their shows. I kept on writing. I kept on speaking places. I put a lot of time and effort into this craft without getting paid um, for a while. And I kept I kept working a full-time job while I was doing that so I could really pursue this. So it was a lot of hearing no. It was a lot of not my family believed in me absolutely but other than that I don't think many people thought that it was anything other than a hobby and um and then just continuing to put myself out there in a way that most people simply aren't willing to putting myself out there for free in a way that a lot of people aren't willing to for a long time and now I guess it's been seven years I started this podcast in 2018 um, and it's just grown thank the Lord for that and there's been a lot of people that have helped me that have supported me um, along the way that have helped me get here and I'm just thankful for the grace of God and the generosity the help of other people um who have yeah allowed me to have this platform so it's been really fun I don't know what I would be doing if I weren't doing this. I sometimes think, okay, when the like apocalypse comes or like when America, when things like totally completely hit the fan, like what's going to be my role in that? Okay. So I can't sew. I can cook. Okay. Um, I don't have any, like I can't farm. I keep sell- telling myself that I'm going to learn how to can and jar and preserve can't do any of that. I just watch the videos and I convince myself that I'm going to be a prepper and I never take any steps to do that. So I guess I'm just going to have to continue doing this. I'm going to be down in my bunker and I won't be speaking to anyone, but I will still be hosting a podcast because that's all the skills that I have. That's all that I'm good for. Maybe I can be a midwife or something like that. Um, yeah, but I've thought about that a lot. I don't have anything else to offer. There's nothing else I can do. I just talk a lot and some of you guys enjoy it. All right. I don't have to tell y'all how complicated and just stressful the insurance process can be, especially medical insurance. And when you're going from job to job, or maybe you lost your job, I know a lot of you after the vaccine mandates, unfortunately, you were out of a job and you're looking for good health coverage for your family, you may want to look into something different. And that's why I love one of my sponsors, which is CrowdHealth. It's not health insurance, but it is healthcare coverage. It puts your healthcare back in your hands. You cut out the middleman, you save money, you fund your healthcare costs without relying on big government or big insurance companies. So it puts the community into community healthcare, all you have to do is pay one low monthly total to fund your account. Your monthly subscription helps fund healthcare costs of the entire crowd health community. There are no doctor's networks, so you can see any doctor you want. Um, and also it helps you find great care at a fair price, always pays doctors as quickly as possible, actively negotiates to keep costs down for everyone. Open enrollment is the only time that you can hit eject on this broken system without 
penalty that is the healthcare insurance system. And for a limited time, join uh, Crowd Health for just $99 a month for your first six months when you use promo code Allie at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code Allie. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Term and conditions may apply. Do I read a lot? What books have you read, listened to this year? So I don't read as much as I used to, and I don't read as much as I wish that I did. I do love reading. When people ask me this question, I do love reading. So one book that I read recently, I mean, I do read a a lot of different kinds of books. One book that I read recently was that book that everyone's talking about. She did a big press tour, Jeanette McCurdy, um, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And it's not a Christian book. For sure, not a Christian book. You don't draw like Christian let it, uh, lessons from it. It's a really interesting book, though. I read it in like two days because it was just, it was really well written and it was really easy to read. And so I'm not recommending it to you as like a book that you're going to base your theology off of, but I thought it was a really interesting description of like what child stardom could look like and her very complex relationship with her mother whom she loved and was unhealthily attached to but who was also very abusive and manipulative and really like drove her into like eating disorders but that's a book that I read recently that maybe you wouldn't think that I would typically read maybe you just think that I read like theology books and C.S. Lewis which I do love or history books which I also do love But I love an easy read um, sometimes. And I do think it's interesting to see how, you know, the non-Christian world deals with problems of loss and purpose seeking. And so that was something that I read recently. Um, Okay, next question. Where are you or how crunchy are you? Where are you at your, where are you at on your crunchy journey? Love ya. Love ya too. Let's see. I am crunchier in my mind than I am in real life. Does that make sense? I aspire to be crunchier than I am. Um, I I don't know. Like, what do I even say? Because if I say anything, I will get there's controversy. That's what I don't like about some, some in the crunchy community. I mean, I follow plenty of crunchy people because they're typically skeptical of major corporations and the government like I am. So there's like a big part of conservatism that is like this. But I also find ironically that they can be like extremely legalistic and judgmental themselves if you are not as crunchy as them, or if you don't do the same things that they do, or if you're not on the same path to crunchiness as them. Plus, I feel like the rules are always changing in the crunchy world. Or like you get someone that you follow that you really trust that's like, and I'm just totally making this up, like, you know, you really shouldn't brush your teeth. Our ancestors didn't brush their teeth. And, you know, they didn't struggle with obesity. And so you really shouldn't brush your teeth either because it's harmful. And then you'll have another crunchy influencer that you follow that it's like, well, did you know that we're actually supposed to brush our teeth 15 times a day in goat's milk and witch hazel? And so it's just really hard to know who to trust. Everyone seems to have their, you know, have their research and their reasons for why they do what they do or don't do. So I really try not to stress about it. I don't need another like source of anxiety or stress in my life. I Some of it I think is common sense and pretty intuitive. 
that, all right, maybe it's not great that children's medicines have artificial flavors and dyes and sugar in them since we know that that's not good for the immune system. So if your child is sick, like maybe we should be doing other things to try to boost their immune system rather than giving them medication that actually suppresses their immune response to, say, a cold. Okay, I could see how vegetables and how local farming and things like that are all good rather than just eating artificial food all the time. I could see how looking at the ingredients in your makeup and in your hair products is good. Thinking about the origin of the things that you buy, I could see how that's good. But I also will not pretend that I live a completely like non-toxic lifestyle. Um, Now I have cleaning products that are natural. Naturally, it's clean. Um, And so again, I try Adele Natural Cosmetics. They've got natural ingredients and that's great, but I've got some hair products that I know aren't natural. You think my purple shampoo, you think that just comes from, I don't know, the breath of blueberries? No, I know that it's got some kind of dye in there that is probably not good for me. Um, I do use natural deodorant. I think it works. Maybe my friends would tell you otherwise, and I just don't know. And so I feel like, you know, there are some things that I try on. There are some things that I don't try on. I care more about it when it comes to my kids, of course. I don't think about it as much for myself, but you love your kids more than you love yourself. And so you do kind of, you're more aware of that kind of stuff uh, with them. I have recently tried to stop consuming seed oils. And like when I say try, I really mean like I try to try. Does that make sense? Like when I'm at the grocery store, I will look at the ingredients and I'll try not to get something with seed oils in it. But am I trying when I go to Chick-fil-A and I order a chicken cool wrap that I'm sure has soybean oil in it. No, I'm not really trying. And so when I say try, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense where I am on my crunchy journey? I wish I were crunchier. There are times when I'm like, one day I'm going to be crunchy, but um, I'm just not there. And at the end of the day, I just don't want to stress myself out with it. Anyway, um, but kudos to all of y'all who are like very crunchy and you do take the time to do that. I totally, totally respect that. All right, let me tell you about Hunter Douglas. Now you might not think too much about the blinds in your home, but when it's really hot or when it's really cold, it can make a huge difference because the right blinds can offer insulation, which can actually save on your energy bills and everyone is looking to save money right now. And not only that, it can really complete the look of your home. And Hunter Douglas provides the best shade designs out there. My parents have been using Hunter Douglas for a really long time. They swear by this brand. It's industry-leading, energy-efficient shades, provide superior insulation against heat and cold for year-round comfort. Also, they've got this PowerView technology. It's automated shade technology, so it allows you to actually schedule your shades to automatically adjust to their perfect positions throughout the day. So you can let the light in slowly in the morning. You can block the midday sun. You can raise it just in time for the sunset. Whatever you want to do, but it's a really 
cool feature, really cool technology for you to use. And right now for a limited time, you can take advantage of special rebate savings of $100 or more on some of Hunter Douglas's most popular styles. The offer ends December 5th. So visit hunterdouglas.com slash alley today for details. Take advantage of special rebate savings of $100 or more. That's hunterdouglas.com slash alley for that deal. hunterdouglas.com slash alley. Do I have a non-conservative political opinion, like one thing you agree with libs on? Hmm, Good question. So I don't know that I have a liberal opinion. I have changed in some ways within my conservatism over the past few years. Like in some ways, I think that I've become more, I've moved on, I've moved to the right um, on some issues, especially social issues for sure. But like I agree with what liberals used to think about things that apparently a lot of them don't think anymore. I am a lot more anti-interventionist and anti-war or at least unnecessary what I think are unjust wars than I was before. I used to kind of have this mentality that, well, you know, America does need to be involved in all of these conflicts because we've got to be the one to maintain the peace. And I do think that that is true probably in some ways. But I also I feel like the whole Ukraine thing and how we have continued to dole out billions of dollars to protect the border of Ukraine as we are doing nothing almost to protect our own borders, even as we are suffering with inflation here and the spending is making that worse. I have started to be skeptical of many of the choices, the foreign policy choices that America has made over its history, whereas I have just kind of assumed that America must have always been in the right when they have intervened. And I think sometimes they are. I have started to ask myself, why do I assume that America has always been in the right when it comes to foreign conflicts? And so I am more skeptical about that. I'm a lot more not completely isolationist, but more isolationist, maybe it's preservationist or maybe it's nationalist than I was um, than I was previously. Um, And I, I do think that I have started to question this like unconditional allegiance to to the idea, this is going to sound controversial, but please let me explain that America is the greatest country in the world. I do think that America is founded on the greatest principles and the greatest ideas and ideals in all of human history that created for a period of time the greatest country that ever lived. But it is very difficult for me to look at how our country handles COVID, how our government lied to us, ruined people's lives, how we have now just completely fallen into the depths of corruption and depravity and still believe that at our core, we are a supreme nation. Now, I still might say that we're the best country in the world because I look at the other countries and I'm like, are they any better? I mean, some countries did better with COVID than we did. They actually followed the science better than we did. Some countries aren't giving in to all of the woke stuff the way that we are. Maybe some countries don't have quite as much corruption as we do. Um, But when you look at all of these things together, are there countries that you would rather live in? 
Not really. So maybe we are the best country in the world still, but it's just a low bar. I don't feel the same just like unconditional defense of America's choices here and abroad as I used to maybe a few years ago. And I've started looking more skeptically at a lot of the people who have an R by their name, a lot of the people who call themselves conservatives. I find myself more frustrated with weak, wimpy, limp conservatives than I do with the Democrats. At least they fight for what they want. Democrats claim to be fighters and really, or Republicans claim to be fighters and really are just like weak on um, a lot of things and are war hawks who care more, I guess, about what we're doing abroad than helping American citizens. So I don't know if that's agreeing with liberals, but it is kind of how my politics have changed over the past few years. Um, no question, but we're due in December with baby number four and her name is going to be Allie Beth. That is the sweetest thing ever. Congratulations on baby number four. And that means so much to me. I hope that one day you're able to come to one of my speaking events and I can meet her. That is so sweet. I love that kind of message. I also love the messages that I get all the time. Praise God that you say that you didn't want to have kids or you were skeptical about having kids or you have what you now realize were selfish reasons for having kids and us talking about the blessing of children and the call, I believe, of married couples who can have kids um, to have kids that you are pregnant or that you just gave birth to your first child because of how God used conversations on here to change your heart. I mean, what an incredible blessing. I am often the first person that some of you tell that you are pregnant or also when you miscarry. And that's what makes Relatable a family is that we go through that kind of stuff together. So anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me know that. Uh, will you ever run for political office? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I guess maybe um, one day, but I don't see that happening. Like while my kids are at home, I just don't know how I would do that. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, this is going to, I'm going to say this and this is going to play in my like campaign one day when I'm running for president. But being in being an elected official seems really boring. It just seems so boring. And you just have to do so much boring stuff all the time. I like have an awesome life and I love doing what I do and I can say whatever I want and I have a ton of flexibility and I'm not like beholden to anyone. That's great. I don't know why I would want to change that. The only thing that I could, the only elected position that I would want to do is president. So that's it. If I can be president one day, maybe I'll run for president one day. Maybe in 20 years, I'll run for president. But until then, I don't, I just don't see it. But I won't say no because you never know, I guess, what God could call me to. And my heart could change on that. All right. So your kids are home for Thanksgiving break right now, and maybe you're thinking, wow, I wish there was a way to keep them entertained that did not involve some sort of screen. Well, in time for Christmas, you need to subscribe to Annie's Kit Clubs. 
Annie's Kit Club sends you a box of a craft project every month, perfect for kids ages about seven to 13. They send you a new craft every month. So it could be a woodworking project, could be jewelry making for your girls. It could be a STEM project. They've got all kinds of stuff, a wide range of crafts, comes with all of the supplies and the instructions that you need. This is the perfect way to make sure that your kids are spending their downtime in a way that is constructive and productive. Um, and it is, it's really great for the whole family because Annie's Kit Clubs also has uh, crafts for you too. And so if you go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie, you can check all of those out. Plus you get 75% off your first month. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie for 75% off your first month. annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. Wisdom of what brands to buy from when it seems that everyone is on the woke train. I know that's really tough. We have to do the best that we can. One of our sponsors is Public SQ. It's a stands for Public Square. It's an app where you can look at like the uh, companies and services that share your values in your area. You can list your business too. And so that's a great way to try to find businesses that align with your values. Look, I don't know that we can boycott everything. Some of you, again, more crunchy folk, maybe you do. You boycott all of the companies that do not align with you and your principles, and that's awesome. I don't. There are a few that I will not go to anymore. I still have stuff. So if you ever see me wearing something from Target or wearing something from Lululemon, I do still have stuff from both of those places. But I try not to shop there. Um, and I say try because I'm like, has there ever been a time with Target? No, I haven't since I think... April, even if I have to, like if I'm somewhere and I forgot something and I have to door dash it to my hotel, I won't do Target. I have not shopped at Target, stepped foot in Target, ordered anything from Target in several months since I found out that they were selling these uh, like packing underwear for uh, people who say that they are the opposite gender, like a woman who says that she is a man or a girl who says that she's a boy so they can put fake stuff in their underwear to look like the opposite gender. They're also uh, selling chest compressing, boob compressing tops, which are harmful, by the way, for girls who want to look like boys. And I was just like, that's disgusting. I'm just not going to do it. And I was spending too much money there anyway. But I don't boycott every single company. Um, I, I choose. And I think every little bit counts. I don't think that Target is like suffering because of my choice. Although I did see that their profits are down by an insane amount. I'm pretty sure this year and that they've had to cut a lot of things uh, because of that. So it's not just me, it's others as well. And so maybe it is making a difference and uh, praise God for that. So I think you just have to use discernment and you have to make your own choices. And this is another one where I know it can seem like there's a lot of judgment, like, oh, you boycott more than I do. And so you're holier than me or whatever. Um, but it's tough. So just make your choices. But we also can't live in total ignorance and apathy either. So I do think that there is some discernment to be had there. Are you ever going to have Glenn back on your show? I've had Glenn back on my show. And um, I don't know if you are a listener of this podcast. And so I don't mean this to, um, you know, call you out because I appreciate you being a listener to this podcast. But whenever I get messages like this, it's like, would you ever or have you ever? It always seems like a little bit like, I don't know. So I would just say, go back and, and search for something before asking me. Cause it almost sounds like a little bit of like an accusation when people say that, or when people say like, why haven't you ever 
had Candace Owens on your show. I'm like, well, I've had her on three times. So just like search the past episodes and it'll come up. All you have to do is search in like wherever you listen, just do like relatable and Glenn Beck or like relatable Ali Stucky Candace Owens or Ben Shapiro or Donald Trump or whatever. And those will, they should uh, pop up or you can do it on YouTube too and it'll probably pop up there. That's just a little pro tip for later. All right, last question. How to share Jesus as a high school public high school public school teacher? Well, first I just want to say I'm so thankful for Christian teachers who are in public schools. And I say that a lot and still sometimes I get messages saying like that um I have like demonized public school teachers, which is not true at all. I do have my stance on public school versus Christian school, uh secular education versus a Christian education. So if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know where I land on that. And I have given very specific reasons about why I feel what I do. That does not mean that I want all Christian teachers to go out of public school because you are light in the darkness. Unfortunately, you are kind of bound to the curriculum that you have to teach. You are kind of bound to the secular anti-God worldview of public education. It is anti-Christian by law. And so that is difficult, but that doesn't mean um, that you can't make a difference. One, through the kindness that you show to your students, you might be the only source of kindness and stability that some of these kids ever see ever see or experience. You could be a refuge uh, for them and you can be a source of truth. And by the way, if you are ever instructed to lie um, in your job, you are bound to something that's higher than your curriculum, that's higher than the school board, that's higher than your administration, that's higher than the teachers unions, and that is to the law of God. And so while you may not be able to buck every policy that your school has, you are obligated to follow God's truth first and foremost. And so that means that if you are told that you have to teach that there is no God. If you have to teach that America has exclusively been a place of oppression and that white kids are oppressors because of their skin color, black and brown kids are oppressed because of their skin color. If you have to teach that girls can be boys and boys can be girls, you are obligated not to do that. And I understand that there is risk that comes with that. There's a cost that comes with that. It's easier said than done, absolutely. But that is the cost of being a Christian in an anti-Christian world. It simply is. And maybe you can organize with other teachers to take a stand against having to lie about these things. Maybe you can rally other parents to make a difference. But at the end of the day, the least that we can do and have to do as Christians is not to lie in a culture that is so inundated with and characterized by lies. So you be a beacon of truth in every possible way that you can. And I promise God will use you to uh, glorify him. And that's what we're all trying to do. All right. That's all I got time for today. I hope that was helpful and encouraging. I will see you guys back here soon.